Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. I've got a special guest for you today, talking about productivity. Nigel Creaser, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Thank you, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, your second time. One of a, yeah. one of only a few that have been on twice. Yeah, I'm just annoying and persistent. <laughs> so for, um, for the uninitiated, who are you? Um, so I'm Nigel Creaser. I'm a project manager, mm-hmm. uh, and that's my that's my main profession. Um, I do a few other things. I've got my own podcast, um, the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast. It's a mouthful, but they are uh, really focused on um, helping project managers and different um, uh, different angles of project management and getting behind some of the um, background of the project managers as well, understanding where they come from and their backstory. Cause it's all quite interesting how people end up in that, in that career. Yeah. Um, and I, I write a couple of books on, um, project management that were, um, Mickey takes, uh, really of the, the whole, uh, career. And last time I came here, I was on talking about Alexa, which is a bit of a hobby. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I've kind of started scribbling some stuff about productivity in a book, someone on my podcast, um, we were talking about productivity and I remembered I was doing a blog post slash book idea f- way back. And really it was just a bunch of ideas that I've used in my career as a project manager now coming up to 20, mm, 25 years nearly, uh, in the, in, in, in that industry. And before that I was uh, working as an accountant and Boo. gradually got, yeah, we've all been there. I've been <laughs> yeah, accountant I've, as well. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I used to introduce myself as a failed accountant, but I've, I've tried to change my mentality on that. Cause I didn't, uh, I didn't do all the exams, but just jumped ship into it. Um, so that's, uh, kind of me. I've delivered projects and programs for multitude of different companies, um, varying sizes from little pieces to multi-million pound projects. And I've always kind of got a thing where there's never enough time in a day to do everything. Sure. And it's about how, how to, all these ideas are really ideas to try and help me or they have helped me get out of the office, maybe half an hour earlier, maybe an hour earlier. Um, home in time for dinner. Yeah. That kind yeah. And that's the kind of thing. And I just talk about that key because I think um, having talked to someone about this and it rekindled the idea, a lot of these tips I've, I've shared with colleagues and said, right, here, I'll do that. I was hacks, as I've called them. Um, I had a big a big um, uh, was it discussion with myself whether I was going to go for hacks or tips. Yeah. Um, and and so I asked LinkedIn to tell me which to go for. So, so the, we, <laughs> my we, LinkedIn followers told me which. We struggle with that um, because mm. uh, a lot of people use hacks at the moment. Hacks is a bit of a buzz buzzword. Yeah. But tips sounds a bit light. It, yeah. Tips sound yeah. like um, the kind of advice someone gives you when they don't want you to know their secrets. So, <laughs> so like where a, a, hack, a hack feels a bit more heavyweight. But, yeah, yeah. We, we've never we're, – we're doing something at the moment um, where every time we talk to people, we want to give them a hack or a tip. And we're, str- we're struggling yeah. to, we're struggling to no. brand what that is. So. Yeah, it's it's because I think there is a um, I know from a British point of view, it's a the the hack is a little bit of a a negative um, word, yeah, 
a bit negative, yeah. And and I suppose it is. It's but then if you look in the IT industry, you're at hackathons and it's you're hacking. Yeah. And you're trying to it it, it, it kind of has a shortcut as well. But shortcuts isn't quite right either. And um, I think it's yeah. I, I settled with I'll ask LinkedIn other people's opinions and and see what that happened. And they liked yeah. hack, so I went with that. Yeah, it's better than. <laughs> but I've still argued with myself after, since then as well. It's definitely better than nuggets. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going to work, is it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Hopefully, people will uh, find it useful. As I said, I, I shared with colleagues, and every time I share with colleagues, it's like, or people who work for me, or even customers before now, mm. and said, like, well, this is what I do. Um, the the one that triggers mainly is around um, using uh, uh, Outlook rules. So yeah. using Microsoft Outlook, most people use Outlook one way or another, and there's a capability in it to do um, automations. So yes. It's simple. It's just automation type stuff. And the one that I did, I can't think how many years ago now, was to shift anything that was copied to me. So the, the CC carbon copy um, for uh, people who don't know what that originally meant and people <laughs> who haven't got as gray a hair as me probably don't re- don't know that the reason was it's, it was a piece of carbon paper that was stuck in between when it was typed. And then you type up the front and that would duplicate onto however many triplicate copies or whatever and that would be the one you keep in your file or whatever or you'd send to someone to copy and nine times out of ten if someone's copied you on an email they don't need you to action it it's more than nine times out of ten or if they do need you to action it they should be asking you to do it and so i started and i can't it wasn't my idea but i started (laughs) i got it from somewhere and started doing it and pushing it to a separate folder under my inbox yeah and i just push anybody who copies an email onto me now i set up an automation it pushes it into there you can put exceptions in so i put the odd exception in like um uh, key customers the boss family members or something like that if, if if that's the situation you're in and you just pile them out there and that and that's the one I usually have a conversation with most people because it's evident to other people. I'm not reading stuff they're copying me in, or I tell them I'm not going to read it if you copy me. If you want me to read it, send it to me. Yeah. And uh, quite often I do that and then sit with someone, show them how to do it, and then they click the button and the joy comes across their faces. 200 emails go out of their inbox and drop into the CC folder. And they go, oh, that's reduced that a lot. That's good. And then um, it's then getting the discipline a little bit like what we were talking about earlier of not looking in that folder. Yeah, yeah. Except for, or or if you're going to look in that folder, you only look in it to glance in case you to do a bit of a catch. But so I've um, I've added to my automation to mark them all as red as well because yeah, then it yeah. stops me from looking. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that that I haven't done. Um, and I keep thinking I need to do that, and then I, my little. Uh, my inner chimp, as Steve yeah, Peters yeah. would be talking about, is sitting there going, mm, I, don't, I don't know, I feel a bit uncomfortable. And, and and most people, when I talk to this, feel quite uncomfortable. It's like, I've got to read every email that gets sent to me. And it's kind of like, that's one way to look at it. And the thing that that I urge people, if if people read the book and or don't and just hear this, if they just do this one thing, I think it is saves so much of their time, is that yeah. if if you you've got to prioritize your email, when you get an email, you have limited amounts of data. You have, who's it from? Has it got an attachment? Do they think it's important? Have they put a due date on it? What's the title of it? And 
how big is it maybe and like and none of that data because even the title what's in the email may not be what's in the title because quite often emails will go off onto a different conversation and no one changes the title and things like that. So the, all of that data that's on there is either useless or misleading. Yeah. So, but that's how we make a decision on whether to read that first rather than one below it or the one of it. So quite often people end up going, well, it's from the boss. I'll read them first. And then you jump into it and you go, right, teaspoons. Uh, someone needs to sort out not taking teaspoons and wash up the teaspoons or whatever. And you're kind of like, oh, I didn't need that but it was from the boss and that's how you prioritized it. And it's kind of like, yeah, probably not the best use of your time at that point. Um, so by doing it, you are taking ownership and control of how you're prioritizing it. Yeah. And that's, that's the one that, the one that I just think, yeah, it just, and the first time I did, it was amazing for me, set it up off. It ran and, uh, ended it. I stopped myself looking quite quite difficult but i did manage to stop myself looking money in, until the end of the day had to look at the end of the day and i saw this big raft of emails 20 or so emails conversation back and to back and to back and to oh god what's this i'll have a look at the top one i had a look at it i said great sorted okay or something akin to that and i thought, oh all right all right don't have to do anything i wonder what it was and i scrolled through the the email the email conversation and realized that the team had had all the back and two conversations and I looked at the beginning of it and I thought if I'd seen that clear on its own you'd have jumped I'd in have it joined in I, yeah. yeah and I'd have lost two hours and and the kind of thing I look at is if you can save that time and you can spend that hour two hours whatever it is by someone else doing it and you can focus then on your priorities for whatever they are within your role your team's better than you because there's more of them and they know more stuff usually. Yeah. And that's difficult to admit sometimes. And I kind of sat there and that was a little bit on it, a little bit that sweetened the, the story was there. Well, if I'd got involved, it probably got sorted a bit quicker. Um, that's your, chi- sure that's your chimp again. That's my chimp. Yeah. yeah. Just sitting there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just stroke, stroke you, make you feel better. And obviously nobody knows whether it would or wouldn't with that scenario. And actually, even if it would, it probably wouldn't the amount of effort I would have taken to being involved in it to speed it up wouldn't have been affiliated the organization. Yes. Yeah, so we so have, you, you we, probably, yeah. say we have in our organization, uh, 10 pound tasks, hundred pound tasks and thousand pound tasks. Now mm-hmm. chances are I can do some of the 10 pounds and hundred pound tasks faster than junior members of staff because I had to, yeah. to be able to be able to do a thousand pound tasks. Yeah. But if I'm doing them, I'm stopping myself from being able to do the big tasks. And yeah. uh, so we, we've, it's like we've taken your, your idea to the extreme. So if I'm CC'd on an email and I'm the only CC, that goes in one folder. If I'm CC'd mm-hmm. on an email and I'm part of multiple recipients, that goes in a different folder because immediately yeah. I, there's different priorities there. If I'm one of 10, yeah, doesn't matter. If I'm, yeah. if I'm one of two, it, sometimes that might be a client or something that wants me to be aware of something. Um, and then the other ones, I've, other rules I've got on my inbox, anything that says the word invoice, that just goes straight to accounts. Mm-hmm. There's, there's absolutely no point, yeah. no point in that coming to me. Um, and no. then oh, I've got other rules as well. I think um, we've started to um, do automations by 
client name as well. So they go into different folders mm-hmm. because, rightly or wrongly, we've all got projects that take priority over other projects. And Well, yeah, well, they will do because you'll have some of them that are you're doing a piece of work that's a six-month piece of work for them. Yeah. And someone else is you've got some campaign that's launching in the next day. day. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? And, and actually those need different priorities, don't they? And, and you can get so – and it's I, I talk about other ways of doing stuff and that it goes into that and you can use – with me, anything that's got expenses in it, anything that's to do with uh, the um, um, sort of comms team, yeah. anything to do with uh, meeting invites. Um, meeting invites is a great example because it's all about timeliness. Is if another thing I talk about is about scheduling your email and only do email at certain times. If you're trying to get that email done and then you're looking at other stuff later. So you schedule when you're going to do your expenses claims, say. So when people are sending you expenses claims, you've got to review them, approve them, and timesheets and all that stuff. You're on the same system. Mm. So you log on. Say you've got 10 or 15 people's expenses to come in. You log on to that system. You do their expenses. Because you're on that system already, and you're in in the, you know, I remember how this thing works now. They've changed that. You know, and you get, you get, into that flow state yeah. a little bit and you go bang, 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 deal with all those expenses. Whereas if you're doing piecemeal, when you see them on the end, you've got, Oh, there's him. Oh, it's yeah, it's his expenses. Click jump, goes to the machine, logs in or auto logs in, whatever. Then you go find it and you're using um, more time yeah. for all of those transactions. And there's so many things when you start looking at your, e- what you get in your emails and start really analyzing and going, I need a rule for that. Because once you start with one rule, the CC is the starter for me because then it gives you yeah, some sure. time to get <laughs> to wheat from the chaff sort of thing. And and I think it's um, – then you can start really powering through it and gradually over time improve it and, and, and get rid of them sometimes. Sometimes you just want to get rid of them because yeah. they're not actually of any use. But that's, yeah. that's one of – so that was the main thing that I wanted to share. And talking to – people i'll be talking to one person or two people about it and i kind of thought everyone i've done this with has gone that's brilliant thank you well i'll tell so and so and i thought let's share it yeah and, and, and i'm not yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't mind making the odd quid every with it everyone if i can get one out there but um it's it's more about kind of well let's help people be more efficient mm. be be better at it but i'm not completely altruistic I'll admit that. Yeah, a little bit of cash will be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah. Pay, pay for something. So, I think for project managers, directors, team leaders, um, you know your team's firing on all cylinders when you no longer have to worry about looking at your email. I think mm. I think that's yeah. a real key thing. So, this putting these rules in place isn't so much you saying. You know, I'm too important to read that or I don't need to be involved in this anymore. It's it's a trust exercise as well. It's about, well, I've yeah. assembled this team and if they can't handle this, then the issue is in the training of the team, not not in my yeah. inbox. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you need and part of our job is to coach people. So I think that your ten pound, hundred pound and thousand pound, ten thousand pound, hundreds and thousand yeah. pound ideas that that concept of it is kind of one of the things where you start thinking about i heard it on a podcast called manager tools which um 
not to stop people listening to mine or your podcast. It's a fantastic uh, podcast. Uh, they do two, one's called Manager, one's called Career Tools. And it's all about, um, they're just completely geek out on management, even to the point of um, one of their episodes is about talking to someone who has bad body odor. And okay. they, they, they think about the job of a manager to the level of everything. I need to listen to that. We um, genuinely have that, that problem in our business. They don't work for us anymore. So it's an easy one yeah. to talk about on the podcast, but yeah. so yeah. difficult to manage. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, is, is there's two things. One is the, 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 the on that one, they said, if it was you, so talking about it, it's, it's uncomfortable conversation to have with someone, isn't mm. it? it you, you'd avoid it as an individual because it feels, feels, doesn't feel very nice. But if it was you, and no one was telling you that you you had body odor. You 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 don't know yourself, do you? So you'd want someone to tell you if if that was the case. Um, and that's the that's their basic basic thing. They say, well, if it was you, you'd want to know. So mm. apply yeah. that to everybody else because most other people are similar. Um, but that was that, a bit of an aside. But it, again, they they and they they go they cover the whole gamut of everything. And then the the bit that I thought. Uh, that, that I picked up on was the fact that they said, as a as a manager, our job is to look after the money of an organisation, and part of task allocation, part of what you're doing, is to make sure that the person who can do the job to an appropriate level is um is cheapest is the wrong word, but the most you know what I mean the lowest mm. grade person that could do it effectively then you should get them to do it because your, your organization's money, you've, you meant to maximize the use of it. And if you're there and you're influencing 200,000 pounds of cost every month, and you can make a 10% saving by sitting there and doing strategy and doing something like that, rather than, as you say, you sit there doing a spreadsheet that someone in the team could do who hasn't learned how to do it and doesn't, maybe they're not as whizzy with, Excel and can't make it quite as pretty as you can do. I'm talking to myself here. It's my my uh, thing of if I get a chance to do an Excel spreadsheet, I just kind of go, oh yeah, I quite like that. It's easy for me to get lost. But actually, most of the time, I should be saying one of the team, can you do that? And then I can do what I've got to do. Mm. And it's about being effective, and, and it, that's part of our job. And it, and even more than that, it's about being it's about being effective with our time, not just. It's easy to manage other people. But it's about your own time as well. Yeah. So that that every penny that you're getting paid by organi- your organisation, you've kind of got to go right. How should I spend this time that the organisation's bought from me? Yeah. Not just oh, I'll do this because I'm. It's easier for me to do because it's, it's that leverage thing, isn't it? If you can spend, uh, if it takes you two hours to do and you can give it to someone else and it takes you 15 minutes or half an hour to coach them how to do it and then correct them when they come back to you and they take two days to do it but as long as it meets the time scales and the quality you need in those two days it doesn't matter that it took longer if it works out that you can spend those two hours pitching to a new customer um solving a, a major problem somewhere else and that's where you've got to do it. and i know like you as a business owner you have a different mindset to that as well because it is you're the only one who can prioritize that but sometimes you can get lost in it can't you again listening to your uh your podcast so i'm gonna throw back at you talking about um 
not just because you don't like it, washing cars and mowing the lawns, things mm. like that, or, or whatever about you pay people to do those things because your time you can spend doing other things. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the, the, it's the value proposition, the value exchange. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you haven't listened to that episode, I, Andy talks about washing his car and I talk about the house cleaner that That's it. I, I can go home. I can make sure I finish work at five so I can get home and make sure the house is tidy before my wife gets home. I could, I could do that. Or yeah. is it better to spend an extra hour at work where potentially I generate 2000 pounds for the business and pay someone 15 pounds yeah. to spruce up the house? Yeah. That's not to say, you know, <laughs> I really struggle with this point because I'm, uh, I got a chip on my shoulder from being from a working class background. So I, I'm like, I know you my chimp is hammering me for this attitude. Um, yeah. yeah. But I'm doing a disservice to not just my business, but to, to my wife, to my household, to my family, if I choose to go the other route. Um, the, the sort of, uh, the other way of looking at it is if you really like doing something and it's really good for helping you uh, decompress after a day at work or really good at helping you be more present, then it has way more value. And so then the decision is different. So like I like washing my car. So, so the value exchange is much higher then if, if, if washing my car makes me feel calm and makes me a better husband, that's time well spent. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of the crux of that episode. So, so what would be kind of someone, um, maybe new, new to project management, new to leadership, what would be, what would be the telltale signs for them that productivity isn't where it needs to be? For me, and it's one that I've gone through is you're not, you either don't know or you're not meeting your objectives. Yeah. So, and, and, and I say that it's kind of, you've got your project delivery and that might be fine, but there's, it's way above that. And the same with your management. You're, and I think the thing is, is it's the, the lunches for wimps kind of attitude that still yeah. perpetuates a little bit. And if you're not taking a break at lunchtime because you're too busy, to me, that means one of two things, either you're completely overloaded and therefore that is ineffective or um, you're not managing time, which means that you're managing your, you can't manage your time. You're managing your priorities yeah. ineffectively. And either of those are there. And I've done it myself where I've kind of sat there, you're eating lunch at your desk. Um, you're not, you're on calls, you're on, um, and you're, you're doing the conversation I've had before, and I want to, I'll do my real job when I get home tonight. Yeah. If you, and if you're saying, well, my day job I'm doing later. So what's all this, if this stuff isn't in your mind, your day job, where, what is it? And who's deciding you're doing it? And it's, there's this, there's so many situations where we hand over our attention and our, um, uh, our, our diary essentially to other people without realizing it. Yeah. And that's because we don't put this control and, st- and strain in there. For example, what I've been doing lately, I've, I've, I have my diary blocked out with uh, do not book lunch unless you spoke to me first. Now, I, now it doesn't stop people booking over it. 
Um, but what it does do, it gives me that mandate to say, well, I'm not available then. Sorry, can you reschedule? Um, it gives me flexibility. I can flex it if I want to. But it's kind of, this is when mm. I'm not available and I need to re-energize. And I, need to, and I know that when I have a proper break, um, I'm better in the afternoon. I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's maybe it's an age thing, but... It's not. That, <laughs> it's it, not. Because it, I see I it in our team. That, I see it in our team. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can hammer yourself sometimes and you can keep going. You can keep going for a period of time sometimes, yeah. but it just catches up on you. And it's that whole, everyone talks about that th- three o'clock dip in the afternoon. And that's because half the time, we've, I think, is we've not had that. I know there's some sort of um, sleep things that relate to it as well. Yeah. But I think not having a good energizing break. So if you get, get up and go for a walk, I find I'm better. If I go mm. for a run, sometimes I manage to fit in. I'll come back in the afternoon. I've got loads more energy and I do, I work better. I, and you, therefore you're more effective. And it's, there's a balance in effect, effective and efficient. So you can be really efficient, but if you're ineffective as well, um, it's, it's not much use. Yeah. I think those sort of things, tr- those triggers pop up. And I, I've got, I put a section in the book about remote working mm. um, for th- because I couldn't not with, with what the we've all gone from and where we sure. all are now. And the fact that I believe wholeheartedly that we're going to go forward um, with that sort of approach. The, the thing I found, and, and I've talked about my mental health before, and I've, I've um, talked about it on my podcast, is that I got myself into a situation where I was back-to-back meetings, not taking proper breaks. So I wasn't even taking like, the, the good medicine that I had kind of before. I wasn't even following what I've, I've done before because that's the point I'm making this is it's like, it's like a fitness program productivity for me. It's like a fitness program or a diet or anything, anything that you're trying to change in your lifestyle. You fall off the wagon. You, you, you'll do this. You'll be brilliant. You'll be really good at only doing this then or only doing that. And then it creeps back in because we talk about that chimp in the back of your head. And for, for those who don't know the chimp that we're talking about, I don't know if you've talked about it on the podcast, there's a book by a guy called Steve Peters. Uh, and it's about the, the, um, your, the way your inner mind works. It's a really good concept. And we all have that little voice in our head chatting to us, telling us we should or shouldn't do something. Yeah. And, um, he, and he was the, uh, the, the psychologist for British cycling and Ronnie O'Sullivan and yeah. people like that. So yeah. Yeah, he's um, and it's a really, really good. Actually, I read it and then listened to it on Audible, and I found listening to it on Audible, you picked up different things as well. So it's fantastic. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I'll do that. Yeah, and um, I've lost my train there. Where was I going? It's your diary and blocking yeah. time. Yeah. So you, if you don't, if you, if you don't, um, uh, if you don't manage to keep these different disciplines going, like I didn't do with my diary, well, you just, you start again. You don't beat yourself up about it. It's kind of, you, you just got to start again with it. And that, so I'd let myself go and now I'm being much more disciplined, but I found that my days remote work, my days were getting longer. My, even though I wasn't commuting, the fact that I was, I was skipping, it was easier to just pop out of the office or not pop out of the office. And Jody would pop in and say, do you want a drink? And it's like, yeah, all right. And I wouldn't move from this chair and I'd get a coffee and oh, do you want to something? And then I might pop out, have some lunch and then onto another call. And I just found myself constantly 
in yeah. the same position in the same room, quite often with the headset on. And that just gradually, at start it was okay, but gradually my energy levels over time just diminished because I wasn't getting that break. I wasn't just that movement. And just, and I, I find it really difficult. And so, so there's some stuff I've put in there about that as well. Yeah. So uh, this is a, a good way to sort of wrap up the podcast, a bit, a bit of debate at the end. So I think remote working is inevitable. Um, yes. I wholeheartedly disagree with it. And I've upset people on LinkedIn with that opinion. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think work is purely about doing your job. And that, and I worry that remote working um, funnels people into that mindset that it, it's mm-hmm. all, all I exist for is to do the tasks for my employee until the bell rings at five o'clock type type thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud that code break is somewhere where people can come and they're surrounded by like-minded people. They can share ideas. They can go for lunch together. They can go for a walk. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. What do you think, um, we do as a society for, for mental health, for productivity, for, uh, sociology when inevitably 50% of the population is going to be remote working. I think it's, I, the way I talk about it and the way I think about it is, and, and it was early on when we were talking about with, with our, my organization about what would we do when we, when everything was back to normal in, in quotes, the new normal mm. or whatever. And my view was that we, we have a policy where um, you, you dress for your day. So yeah. if you're meeting clients, you're maybe a bit tidier when you normal day, you, whatever's going on in your day, you dress. And I think it's about, being where you need to be to do your job. Now, a point I bring out in there is face-to-face is critical, but it isn't essential all the time. I think it is something that, but we need to, I think we've got to think differently about those face-to-face times. Mm. And one of the things I'm saying is you go into the office, you don't go into the office and sit on email. You don't go into the office and sit on conference calls. You don't go into the office and, and not talk to any of the people you're working with. You go in there to do collaborative work. You go in there to do relationship building. You go in there to, to the, 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 the things that work really well there. Now I don't believe that I believe you can do anything remotely. I think you can do it. If you're face to face, it's um, there's there's you can build stronger bonds yeah. and you can be more effective for some things. But I but I also I've been used to managing remote teams. I've got, for example, even the last project I was on, I had one person uh, on the south coast, two people on the south coast, different parts of it. Uh, one person out in um, the east coast, Birmingham, Liverpool, and uh, to me that was my team. Yeah. In my situation, it was always going to be a remote team. Now they may have teams that they were working on locally, and it would be different. And I think it is. It does depend on. I think. I think. I can see where you're coming from. I think it does depend on industry as well on yeah. what you're doing, because there's no point driving in to an office if you are going to sit there and not engage with other people, or you sit on a team that aren't part of your team because it's hot desking. 
Um, cause I used to do that when I used to be a consultant and I'd go into the one office that I was assigned to and there'd be no one there who was doing anything I was involved with and just kind of occasionally chat to some people. But I think that we've got to be, there is that mental health, the social side of it, the building relationships and things like that. But maybe for me, it's a bit different because I've always worked well for a long time. I've worked a good hour away from where my base was. Yeah. So not my, the social side of my work is much less than um, organization where you've got people who are local. Mm. And I think, and, and like, I know at the same where I work now, there's a lot of people who live locally. So there's lots of people who are socialized together. And, and, and I think it does, that's the thing. It's that social side of it. But I do think it's, I wonder whether you're going to start to, you're going to get um, the big city scenario is going to start to dis, maybe that it's going to take a long time, but, and I know that commercially organizations don't want that to happen, but you wonder whether the, the, smaller towns like Shrewsbury and like Oddstree, whether those co-working hubs start popping up that yeah. are going to be viable and secure and, and you can't start that. I think that is something we do need um, because I like, uh, for me, if I'm, if, if, if what I'm doing is suitable at the time, I'll, I'll go into Oddstree and sit in the liar, like coffee shop up at the top. They've got Wi-Fi, they've got um, USB and plugs and I'll just sit there and work. And yeah, that for, just because there's other people around and I do find that's really good for you because you do need that. And I think it is, it's working out techniques it, for ourselves. I think we've got to remember as well as everybody is different. Mm. There are some people who are, will absolutely be thriving sat at home do, and in the nature of their job are doing amazing and supporting their organization in the right way. And for them, depending on their, um, personal preference that's the right thing for them mm -hmm. and I, I think we've got that's the thing you've got to recognize and it's depend that personal preference may be a a health or a character trait and things but it is people can't just lock themselves away but i also think you can't just um turn around people, and say, you've yeah. got to do it and it's it's a new thing we've got to learn how to do it's it, it as we all do with all these different new things that come in it's it's, it's um I think the hardest barrier is going to be where you've got remote and this has always been a problem where you've got remote people and you've got a team that are based together mm. and having, making sure that that remote person is included as well as that team's there. But the advantage it does give you is that remote capability of people who are away can be part of your team and they wouldn't have been before mm. because they're too far away. And it, it, it's, it's going to be a few years of before we, kind of settle down on where it's going to be, I think. Yeah. But it's got to be a blend. And I think it, we'll probably go too far one way. Well, we've had the enforced too far one way, I yeah. suppose. It'll come back too far the other way a little bit, and then it's going to yo-yo back into for a while. Yeah, interesting. But, uh, so I think... Yeah. How, how does someone get hold of your book? Well, it's out on the 1st of November. Yep. It is called... And I keep forgetting why I've called it now, because the hacks conversation we were talking about earlier. Um... It's called Project Manager Productivity Hacks, but it's not exclusively for project managers. It's just that I'm a project manager. I, I don't, I don't pretend, uh, sort of like pretend to know exactly what other people' challenges are in their jobs, but I think mine, I've had enough experience in this one that I, I think I can say it. It's, it's on Amazon is where it'll be. There will be a paperback and a hardback one. Just waiting for the proofs to come through on the paperback and getting the hardback as well. And at some point, 
when I've got the time to do it, I'm going to record it for Audible as well. So it will be uh, available on audio. But it's uh, from the th- from the um, yeah from the first of November. It's available on Kindle. So it's you got Kindle Select. So if you've got um, uh, Kindle Unlimited, you will just grab a copy of it on awesome. there. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, that's it really. So Nigel, uh, hopefully it'll help a few people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You've, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great to catch up. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. <laughs>